This is Guitar Talk. To me, it just seems like there are endless possibilities. One of the things I like to find out, you know, how people got influenced in the play and the guitar, because stories are so unique. The trick is not to feel pressured to conform. If you know anything about Joel, he's been around the block. He's probably one of the most sought-after guitar players. How would you create that song? How would you turn that song into your song? There's not a guitar player on this planet that I personally don't follow closer. It's it's not something that you see too often. I only know a few players that do it. Now, from the home of the blues, Chicago, Illinois, welcome to Guitar Talk with your host, Jimmy Warren. All right, everybody, Jimmy Warren here. Welcome to Guitar Talk uh, this Wednesday. I tell you what, it is a beautiful day, and it is a great show that is in store for you today. I got some veterans, man. I mean, some really heavy-hitting veterans that are going to be on the show today, and you're going to really dig it. They got a great project. I love it when uh, guys in the industry, you know, that are on all different kinds of projects and work in different bands and stuff just come together and throw something just really amazing together for the moment. And uh, that's exactly what's going to happen today. But before we get into it... <clears throat> Today's show is brought to you by uh, Charles and John's uh, Strings. It's a new string company. They're made in the USA, hand-wound right here in the USA. They're a special blend of nickel and iron. They are tremendous strings. I'm proud to be using them myself at the moment. In that, it's a brand-new company called Charles and John's. The company is actually based in the UK, but as I said, the strings are made here in the United States. So check them out at charlesandjohns.com. Also, we're brought to you by guitarsforvets.org, an organization that helps veterans with PTSD deal with uh, their traumatic issues through the gift of guitar and music. Uh, to find out how you can help uh, and donate and be a part of an amazing organization that helps the men and women who have served our country so valiantly and need our help, uh, just go to guitarsforvets.org. Now, over the past, you know, I've pretty much only focused on guitar players, guitar builders, guitar instructors, anything that had to do with the guitar, you know. And recently I decided to, you know, make a stretch and, you know, and uh, start incorporating some other people in the industry as a part of, of the conversation. And uh, the group that we're focused on today is called VHF. Yep, VHF. And uh, it stands for Vince Aguera, uh Hookstra, and Franklin. So that's that's Vinny, uh, Vince Aguera, uh, Joel Hookstra, and Tony Franklin on bass. It was an experimental project they did back in 2014. They did an album. They self-released it. And uh, now a label's come along, and they've picked it up. And now they're going to re-release it. And I think it's really cool. It's, it's really, uh, I don't know how to describe it other than uh, it's an experimental project. <laughs> it's very creative. It was all centered around the drums, what was going on in the drums, and everything was built from it. Uh, it. It was a really cool process. Of course, they laid down the drums. 
then they passed the you know the music on to Tony and then Tony uh laid down his bass parts and they passed it on to Joel and then Joel got crazy with the guitars and that now Joel's been on the show already this year he didn't want to take up too much of the limelight he thought it would be really nice for Tony and uh, Vinny uh, to do this which I think is really cool so that's why I'm excited to have some people that aren't really guitar players you know having Tony Franklin man who's just been around and man he's played with the firm and Jimmy Page and I mean we go on I mean everybody knows who Tony Franklin is you know and Vinny man he's you know he's been the backbone for a lot of people and a lot of things over so many years and uh, I think it's really cool to see this project come together so when um, when their publicist reached out to me and said hey we got this project you know is this something you'd be interested in and I was like oh hell yeah you know I definitely want to talk to these guys in that and so uh so the show is going to be you know you're you're listening to it now but you can tune in saturday at 11 p.m or 10 a.m excuse me 10 a.m at mountaincityrock.com i do my show is re-released or it's re it's released on mountain city rock radio now it's not always the same program but this week it's going to be the same program because i want to be able to play their music so uh, in the podcast, of course, you can't hear the music, but on Saturday, you can go to mountaincityrock.com at uh, 9 a.m. Eastern Time or 10 a.m., excuse me, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, and uh, you can listen to the interview, but you're going to get to hear the music as well. So uh, it's going to be really cool. So if you want to hear the music, you can go there. And so the first hour is going to be just them, and the second hour, of course, I just spend music. I, I play what whatever I want, you know, it's pretty cool. Anything guitar-focused and guitar-centered, that's what I do, you know, that's who I am. I don't know, did anybody come out to the show on Saturday, Saturday in uh, St. Louis, Castle Lumbo? We had a decent crowd. It was a really nice, really nice night for uh, live music. It was a it was a great concert. Uh, I was, uh, I had a blast doing it now. Had a lot of people come up to me afterwards, but uh, I never got the opportunity to ask people, you know, hey, you didn't happen to fly in from Montreal, did you? (laughs) So in case you're wondering, though, this this, uh, Friday, I'm going to be in East Peoria, or actually Peoria Heights, Illinois, at the 12 Bar Lounge, which is a really nice restaurant. They got a beautiful rooftop venue and uh, we're going to be playing up there on Friday night at 7 p.m. And then on Saturday at 8 p.m., we're going to kick it off over at Indiana Beach in Monticello, Indiana. Yeah, Indiana Beach Resort. This time we're playing in the Sky Bar, which I'm really looking forward to doing. It's going to be a great time. So if you're anywhere in the area for either of those, make sure you come on out and say hello and enjoy the music. All right, so let's just jump into this. We're going to just dive right in and, uh, you know, with my guest, Tony Franklin and Vinny uh, Vinciguerra from the band VHF, right here on Guitar Talk. Hello. How you doing, Tony? Good. How are you? I'm real good, sir. I'm real good. Jimmy, right? Yep. Jimmy Warren. Hi, Jimmy Warren. Hey, you got some <laughs> nice instruments back there and amps. Yeah, thank you very much. Vinny. Hey. Hey, brother, how are you? Doing good. How's it going? 
Real good, real good. I'm really glad that both of you could do this together. This is really cool. I appreciate it. Yeah, no yeah. worries, man. Hey, what's happening? What's happening? Yeah. Hey, man, same old stuff. How you doing, brother? Good, good, good. <laughs> yeah, same old stuff here. Wonderful, crazy, I call it. Yeah, and you know what? If the if the name of the band VHF doesn't work out, you can be on time rock stars. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that's a it's a rare thing, isn't it? Well, we've got a very tight schedule here, so we got to keep up with everything. So no, I I know that, and I I appreciate it. You know, I had Joel on my show earlier this year. Oh, cool. So yeah. uh, you know, I, I I like Joel, but not enough to do him twice. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah i understood yeah 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 i i love this project i really do because i love it when musicians just kind of throw caution to the wind and say you know what well, we're going to do our thing you know and that's exactly what you guys have done and so when you guys set out to do vh uh vhf was that what it was meant to be just like kind of a a free-for-all whatever we feel like doing is what we're going to do or was there an alternative? Lead it away. Lead it well, away. Yeah. That, that was my concept. Um, I had the drum grooves. The idea was I wanted to come up with some cool grooves, happened to meet up with Tony and asked him if he wanted to play on it. And then I already knew that I wanted to have Joel, you know, work on it. And it just, everybody's schedule lined up. We did one song and Joel is like, oh, this is cool. Let's do more. And there you have it. <laughs> and there's a bit more to that. He's, uh, <laughs> he's not painting the full picture because uh, Vinny had the, had the idea. He had drum grooves. And um, it's like he told me nothing, right? He said, you do anything you like on this. It's wide open. Just do whatever you think. And then we're going to do the same with, with Joel whatever he wants to do. So there was no template. There was no even song format. And to be honest, you know, there's some of them, I, on my initial listening, especially which one is it? Suspended Animation, right? Yeah. One of my favorites. But here you listen to it, just the drums by themselves, and it starts off with this cool, almost zip kind of thing going. I came up with a, a bass part that works for that. And then halfway through the song, it drops down to this, down tempo thing for the rest of the song. It's like three minutes of this. It's like, okay, I wanted to make, have something that made sense to mm -hmm. that. So I had this vision of, uh, it's like the, I call it the anti, uh, I am the walrus. So I'm the walrus, you know, keeps ascending. Yeah. This one keeps descending. So the bass keeps going down. And then it's like, I had this vision of, uh, of uh, uh, descending into a black hole. So this, uh, and, and Vinny created uh, or had the video made, which really kind of reflects uh, similar stuff to that. So, you know, this was uh, uh, an experiment because we didn't know if it was gonna work, right? He comes right. up with these drum grooves, leaves it wide open to me to fill in the gaps and then send it over to Joel to do, and Joel did a phenomenal job. I mean, so much creativity, and he did yeah. did the narration and some vocal bits and, and all that. And it's like, actually, this turned out pretty good. It could have been a failed experiment. Yeah. yeah. And it could not have been released. 
<laughs> we wouldn't yeah. have played it for anybody. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, yeah, this turned out pretty good. And so here we are, you know, in 2014, it came out and we did the self-release thing and, and Ben did a lot of that work. But uh, it's like, you know, this needs to be heard by more people. And so, yeah. uh, you know, they're trying to find the right home and then found the right one in Golden Robot. And they saw the vision, they shared it. And so now we have the opportunity to get it out to a, a wider audience. So it's, it's pretty cool. It's yeah. actually working because we're, you know, just me personally, I'm actually getting a lot of response where it's like, first of all, who are you? How did you hook up with Tony and Joel? So I got to field all those questions. But right. best of all, they love the music. It's like, I can't believe how many people haven't heard of it before, but you know, I didn't, I didn't push it enough. Right. I, I, once again, I love the fact that it's, it's so creative, you know, it really is very, very uh, creative. And I love the sense that each of you as musicians get the opportunity to kind of do your own thing, you know, to be creative in your own way with how you're interpreting what's going on around you. So do you guys, it, you guys hopefully will get the chance to go out and play this stuff, right? That's what you're hoping to do? Oh, right? yeah, it'd be great. So, so my question is, is in the past, when you've been in bands, because you guys, you know, have, you know, been really successful, do you get the opportunity or, or have you wanted the opportunity in those bands to be able to say, okay, we're just going to do something off the cuff, you know, just create a beat and just build it kind of like what you did here. Do you, have you ever done that live before, or is this the first time you've done something like that? Well, um, th this is a unique situation that yeah. I've, never, I've never encountered. Of course, it was all, there's a difference between doing something in the studio and doing that live too. I mean, I've always been in, in situations where there's, where there's a jam. I mean, I, I, I go back to, Roy Harper, this was 1983-82, you know, we were in the rehearsals for the first album I did with him back then, and we were towards the end of the rehearsals, and uh, the drummer starts off with this beat, right? And I came up with a bass line that worked with it, and then the guitarist came up with a bass line, the keyboard, and then Roy walks in and said, I've got a vocal that will fit with that. <laughs> and um, and so the next two days later, you know, we kind of played it a couple of times. That's cool. And uh, it was called Casualty. And so um, two days later, when I'm playing my first big gig, I'm 20 years old. First gig is Glastonbury. And oh, we're wow. on the main stage. It's Roy Harper. And so <laughs> this video of it as well is, is pretty cool. So we've done the last song, which was a 20-minute song. It was ridiculous. It's epic. And then I said, you know, we need one more song. Let's do Casualty. We played it twice, right? Yeah. And so the drummer kicks it off and Roy looks around and said, what are we doing? Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we did it and people loved it. It was the perfect closing number. So, you know, that stuff does happen. But what yeah. was nice about this is that, you know, we were doing remote recording before everybody else was, right? Yeah. Because Vinny did the tracks and didn't we didn't do it together, even though it sounds very much like it because it's very cohesive. I spent time coming up with the parts because my job was not only to uh, create great stuff that went with the drums, but to create a musical landscape that made sense. Yeah. 
sort of, uh, you know, it wasn't just, I didn't want a bunch of just jammy stuff. It's like, oh, okay, it changes here. Let me come up with a different part. No, I wanted something that really glued together and told a story. So it was, uh, you know, that which I, I really think happened. And it's, and, and some of Vinny's parts, he had, uh, uh, you know, odd time and little uh, segues that were different and then tempo shifts and all that. So to make that flow in a musical meaningful way was was definitely challenging so there was that jam aspect but there was also the thoughtful aspect of putting it all together so it was kind of kind of a unique thing but you know one more story the firm would often go off and do do musical tangents i mean we were playing the first album differently before the first album was even released you know because yeah. we wanted to experiment and take it to new places I love it when bands can do that, and not every band can. So, right, yeah, right. and it's so, like along the lines of like what Tony was saying. Like, what, so I would give him the initial drum grooves, but once I got his tracks back, I, that's where I would go into the bigger studio, and I would really pay attention to sync up and listen to what he's doing, but more importantly, not step over anything. And what's surprising for a lot of um, CDs that like, let's say a drummer comes up with the idea, you're gonna hear chops for days. You're gonna hear all this over the bar line stuff. And it's like, hey man, look how awesome my chops are. I had to stay away from that because you, obviously you gotta hear what the beautiful baseline is doing to really lock in that groove. But if I started over drumming, that would take Joel out of the picture. He wouldn't be doing something because I am. And as a drummer, I'm a fan of musicians. I want to hear what the guys are going to come up with. And, 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 and if I stepped over them, they wouldn't have had that chance. Yeah, that's really, that's really cool. So you laid down the the basic, like a, like a demo type track, and then you sent it off to Tony. Yep. Tony did his thing and then you went back in the studio and yep. then you laid down your real parts. Yeah. And then those rhythm tracks were sent out to Joel. And then when I got those tracks back, I mean, you're talking 20 plus tracks on some of these songs. Yeah. So I had to listen and listen and listen and just to find snippets where I could put things in here and there and bounce them around your head or triple things for that echoing effect. Because I really love that old school Pink Floyd head candy stuff. When you put your headphones on and zone out, you have something cool to listen to. Right. So how long did it take? from start to finish to do this project? Wow. <laughs> Months. That, lo that long, huh? Yeah. Well, it was not only uh, the, the the creative side, it was people's schedules too. Because, yeah. uh, you know, especially Joel, he's touring a lot and I was doing stuff, everybody was busy, you know? So yeah. it's like uh, you do it when, when you can. It was really, you know, it was never, anything more than just let's see how this goes yep. as I say, it could have gone very averagely could have gone badly but yeah. the fact that every time another song would come back and they'd be like wow this is this is pretty amazing let's do another one yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. we kept doing that <laughs> yeah that, that's really cool you know well there's there's not a lot of stuff out there that I know of that's really in this space, if you, you know, if it's okay to, to put it in those terms, there's really not a whole lot out there, you know, I mean, there's a lot of great instrumental stuff, don't get me wrong, but uh, what you guys have done is, in my opinion, completely on another level, 
because of the different twists and turns and places that a song goes, because it's not like you go into a song and, you know, you got a chorus and a bridge and, you know, and so forth and you're in and you're out. It's, it's really all over the map. It's really well done, well produced and well put together. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate the it. The one thing I do like about it, and there is a lot of great instrumental music out there, mm. but this is, seems to me very accessible to, to non-musicians and musicians alike, because a lot of the music out there, uh, instrumental music is very complex and, and uh, not that this isn't, but it's, it's still essentially song oriented. You could hum the lines, you know, you, you try to hum some Alan Holdsworth or something and every respect and God bless him. <laughs> uh, but it's, you know, but this one's very musical and, and song oriented. So, you know, to have that depth, but still have it be uh, hummable, shall we say, and, and uh, accessible to me is, is, is the ultimate because it's very easy to get lost in technical musical stuff right right and i do a lot of that don't get me wrong i i'm called in to do a lot of that i've <laughs> done eight or nine albums with derek shrewin and i love that stuff and uh yeah. but, but you know this was different from all of that which is which is why we're so excited about it because it's very refreshing because we're getting something that and you, you said it yourself it's very very different to a lot of the stuff and it also brought out something different in all of us that we rarely get to do in other mm -hmm. situations it pushed us creatively and it was a ton of fun too yeah i would, yeah, I would again you know from being being a drummer like i mentioned before it's it would have been real easy for me to throw all those chops out there do some mm -hmm. really crazy stuff to take it even to another level but that doesn't fit in with this concept was and that's what i really wanted to make sure that it doesn't go that heavy proggy way to keep it like you say a little more accessible yeah i, I think that says a lot about about you as a as a musician as an artist yourself you know because uh to, to think of it in terms of the totality of all the instruments in the song itself as opposed to just trying to do something that's you know, fits a mold or is commercial or whatever it is, you know, this has got to be refreshing for you guys. Is it refreshing to do something like this oh, versus yeah, to go out and, you know, do a regular album and tour a regular album? Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. It, it's very stimulating and very, uh, it's a, it's a, a musical challenge and it's fun and it's very creative and it really, I say it really acts for me. It took me, into places that I'd not been before uh, because of all the challenges and all the, but there's just as, as you probably get in here, there's a lot of respect and musical respect between us all because we're all trying to make something for each other to have fun with and, and be creative with. And so, yeah, it's, it is, it is, it is very enjoyable. Now, did you get the opportunity after you self-released in 14 to do any shows together? No, unfortunately, we didn't. Yeah. Everybody's so, schedule was tied up. I think that's when Joel was, he was just finishing Night Ranger, then he got into Whitesnake, and he was yeah. just booked, right? Oh, yeah, and I was 2015. You were slammed. I was, I was in Russia with this, uh, yeah. actually with Derek Sherinian and uh, Doug Aldrich were doing this Russian rock ballet thing, which took up half the year, and then I came straight off that and was on the road with, Kenny Wayne Shepherd and we were opening up for Van Halen and we did uh, Van Halen's last show at the uh, at the Hollywood Bowl. So it was uh, 
that was 2015. And yeah, it, it is challenging between all of us to, to do that. But, but it's also at the same time, it's, you need the support system. And this is where Golden Robot has come in to give us that, yeah. that, that global push. We took it as far as we could with uh, doing it ourselves. And, uh, and it's, it is tough to, to, to break through on that level. So hopefully we will get the opportunity to, uh, to play, maybe get a, some kind of opening slot. We'd love to do it. It's, it's, it's not easy though. I mean, touring and finding the right situation and everybody's timing, but we'd love to do it. Right. Yeah. No, there, just great support from Golden Robot all around. I mean, that was just, you know, fantastic from my first conversations with them. Everything was just great. So I'm really looking forward to this coming out and really seeing what happens for the next one. Right. We'll leave, we'll leave it open. Yeah. So when you guys go out on tour, if you guys get that opportunity, which I hope you do, and that you got seven songs on the album, do you plan on doing other stuff? as well do you uh are you just going to do the 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 you know make this a cinematic moment for everybody in the audience or you know we haven't really discussed that yet but but i if i was to make that decision and stick my neck out uh i would see us stretching out the the solos and uh, stretching our sections and just having fun with it and maybe revisiting some of our well-known songs, but put right. them in this format. Now that will be an wow. interesting experiment to, you know, take that and start even do a whole different treatment, slow them up or whatever, but make them something new and, and interesting so that it gives people a, a glimpse of something that, oh yeah, I know this one. Oh wow, this is, it's been VHF. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah. So uh, let me ask each of you, what's your favorite song off the the album and why? Well, my first one, I would have to say, is Whispers of the Soul, because that's the first one that I really wrote. That's the first one that I sent to Tony and the first one that I got back from Joel. And I was just blown away with all of the stuff. I, I had to listen to it several times just to really take all of that in. It was insane. That was great. I loved that one. And then I also like I, the All Is Within. I, I, I kind of wish I could have changed it up a little bit in hindsight uh, and maybe add a little other flavors in there. But the focus of that is just Tony's melodic bass line. It's just, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful piece. Yeah. What about you, Tony? Thank you very much. For me, well, same with Whispers of the Soul. There's just something very special about that one. There's a lot of elements to it and... Uh, that one musically, for me, just my part alone, it, it really brought out something. That was really the catalyst for it all. It's like we came up with something there that was very ooh, different and fresh. And then, you know, I had no idea what Joel was going to do on that. His melodies, I mean, they sound like they almost were written first because yeah. it's so distinctive. It's got this kind of, uh, it's like sci-fi Western zen egyptian kind of flavor to it yeah. so there's something very very special about that one you know emotionally but also musically too and then actually i mentioned this one earlier but my other favorite one is suspended animation um there's something about that that is just otherworldly and it um you know it is it's it's odd in its own own little way but and and it's 
it's funny too. I mean, you know what uh, what Joel came up with on that? The, the, all the commentary and you know talking yeah. about at the end is uh, what is it? Which means it's. Uh, but whatever he says, you know, it's like, <laughs> nonsense gibberish. 